This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Benny Mully, and today I'm joined by Stephen Day and Jamie Castle as we near the end of the international break. We speak about them all the time, these international breaks, but more than ever, I think I'm glad to get through this one. And it's probably ending, it's probably because we ended this sort of cycle with our best performance of the season against Blackburn, and it, it leaves you wanting more. Probably add the fact that. We've got Hole Next as well, who haven't been at their best at, re- at recent times. And you just wanted to get that game out of the way. But first of all, Stephen, how are you getting on? Not too bad, you? All good, mate. All good. All settled into this new house now, as we were just saying off air. So um, expect a little bit more consistency from us is all I'm going to have to say. Jamie, how about you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. It seems like I'm always the one that's less or not affected by international breaks, given my uh, my involvement with England. But no, it's uh, like you say, it sort of came at a bad time for Luton, so it's, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into into Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. As we said before, that Blackburn game seems ages ago now. So today we're going to have a little look at the the season so far with with reference to that Blackburn game. Of course, first of all, though. Just want to get your general thoughts. After 10 games, 13 points, 11th in the division. Been some highs and lows already, um, as you'd expect in, in football. That's the way things go. But generally speaking, can we be pleased? I think it, it always leaves you wanting more, right? I think I'm pretty sure Luton tweeted the stats out in terms of actually we were in the same same sort of points position as, as we were after 10 games last season and probably the narrative is that we were in a better better position last year than, than we are in this this year but I think that just comes with the nature of of sort of over uh, sort of like overachieving one season so then you go on to the next season and, and you want more and obviously 
I'm sure Nathan Jones, if 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 he had a points target, it probably was more than 13. But I think on the whole, we've been been okay, and I think especially on the back of Blackburn, it's it, it's it's positive. I'm certainly I'm moving in the right direction. Are we doing a Barnsley? Well, no, no. Even due the uh, even through the the bit of a of a tough spell, like there's absolutely no way that we would go that we that we were going in that in that direction. So absolutely not. And then, Stephen, just looking at the summer, we obviously heavily um, recruited more attackers. It, it was a, a big notion of, of ensuring that the, the front line was firing. What have you made so far of us as an attacking unit and, and sort of the individuals that are coming, Corley Woodrow, Colton Morris, uh, Luke Freeman, you could probably add into that, that forward line if you consider an attacking midfielder as part of the the forward line what what do you make of Luton as an attacking unit after these eight uh, ten games so I think it's good that our reliance on Adebayo has reduced uh obviously naturally with the form that Morris is in and the fact that Adebayo is not on firing all on all cylinders um Freeman is you know a bright spark every game pretty much um whether it's game changer or he starts he's he honestly, he usually looks like the the brightest, you know, forward most forward thinking player on the pitch, and so he's been a real good addition. I think uh, Jones was right to, I think he said, or someone said that, um, you know, we get to see the best of Woodrow, which is obviously true because he's not been given too many chances and he's not played the best. But at the same time, a few cameo appearances off the bench isn't going to really, you know, set the world alight. So. Um, yeah, and yeah, Morris just speaks for himself. He's he's done the job that we all, I guess, hoped that he would. I think I didn't expect this much from him so far. Um, so I'm very happy that he's doing what he's done. Um, and I think going forward, it's, it's promising that even though we were a little bit lacklustre, we are getting there with it. And 10 games in, even though the international breaks just hit us or, you know, we're at the end of it now, we're, it looks like we're, we're back to how Luton should be playing. And once Adebayo is back on, on all cylinders, then we're going to be, it's, I think it's going to be a, well, I think our attacking force is going to be one to fear this season. What we, what we just said there, we added a fair few attackers to, to really ensure that we attack this championship campaign with a bit of venom, a bit of zest. Certainly have done in, in certain aspects of the game, but looking at the flip side of things, we there was, a, a I guess, a little to be left to be decide, uh, desired Sorry, um, in terms of a defender. Jones spoke about the defender perhaps coming in. It didn't really happen. Uh, Looking to the free market, nothing else has really happened. I guess with the performances of Potts, for the most part, it hasn't really been a necessity to do that. But how do you feel we've performed as a defensive unit, considering we have lost Cal Naismith? And as much as we want to dress it up, that was always going to be a massive thing this season. I think there's been a, a few teething problems. I think if if you look back at last season the defense was never an area that we really needed to needed to strengthen obviously losing losing Cal was a, a massive blow because he was a huge part to the way we played last season um but it in the market we we seemed to sort of directly replace him with, with Doughty, which who, who in, in himself obviously 
not played a minute of the season, I think. But um, he's someone that I've no doubt will will go on to be a, a big player for us and move better inside. But I think, yeah, I, I think in terms of the defence this, this season, it, it's, it's been, yeah, it, it, I think there's, there's been some growing pains. Dan Potts has come in and on the whole done well. I think it's the sort of player where he, he's always got to play at the, at the top of his game to, to be sort of, what we need at this level, I think, if if he if he's off it at any point, then then he he is quite clearly a, a big gap in the defence. I think he's fine for now, but we probably do need another sort of left solid centre half at, at some point. But it wasn't one that actually we need to go out and spend big big money on one. I think we we, we know by now the the the, the, the Luton Town way in in the transfer market, and it's all about buying the right player at the right time. And quite clearly, there wasn't the right player in the market last summer um so it's one that we could just wait and see but yeah i mean there, there was there was no need to rush out and urgently buy a, a left side of center half as much as, as as we all wanted one um in the games really i think it's it's been down to moments um rather than just a lack of ability to, to sort of defend um i think we have been unlucky on the whole i think if you if you were to look at the the xga stat I think we probably conceded more than we should have done over the course of ten games. So, yeah, I think in the long term, I think we'll be we'll be absolutely fine in in, in the defence, and no doubt we we will strengthen at some point. And you mentioned the defence there. Is that a position that you at this point would like to see addressed in January? Are we in that kind of position where you think that, you know, well, as you say, if a, if the right player comes at the right time. Would you go for it, or are you happy, you know, with the options going into the second half? See, I know it's a long way away already, but you know, recruitment teams will be starting to put lists together. They'll be starting their sort of scouting process for the January window as early as now. Um, I guess, as you say, it's probably getting the right player at the right time, and if that doesn't, if that doesn't really come to fruition, then then turn away. Yeah, no, I think. Like I said, it's all about the right player at the right time, and obviously, we we go into the window with the aim of strengthening in every window. Um, obviously, the slight frustration is that it was quite an active market in terms of left centre half. You know, I know Matt Clark is an option went to Borough, Panzo at Coventry. I thought would would have been a great option, especially we got Horvath on loan, so maybe we could have done a double deal to bring in Panzo as well. I think Sunderland bought bought in Elise, who's not really sort of played played too too many games. I think he's played four or five, but he's done well in the games he's played. So it was quite an active market, a left centre half, and no doubt we we were in for one or two of those and just couldn't quite get them over the likes of Borough and Sunderland. Um, so yeah, obviously you want it addressed in January if possible, but you don't want to go out and, and waste money on one that's going to be a a short term fix. You'd rather sort of nip it in the bud and and get someone in in for in for the in the, in the long term because that's the only way that we're going to progress and, and, and go further and Stephen it's been you know a really close competitive championship season so far not many points separate the top six from the bottom three all it takes is a run to get yourselves into the playoffs and you know even think about automatic promotion at, at the moment so at this point, are you confident that, that you know we can replicate what we've done last season or even surpass the, the achievement of getting a playoff place? Is there that growing belief that we can do that once more? I don't see why not, but I think the league is a lot stronger this year and it's going to be harder to pick up points. And I think it's probably going to be a bit of a higher threshold to get there as well. 
um, it, from from the activity of, of a lot of the clubs like transfer windows from the way some teams are performing it's I think it's going to be a, a really tough season to get there but I I just don't see why not because we are a good squad and we we have the belief that we can get there and I, I don't see why we shouldn't be aiming for that at least I'd actually disagree on the point about about it being a stronger league. I think it's a more open league without a shadow of a doubt. There's there's less shite teams, but there's also less sort of really, really good teams. There's not really been one team, probably apart from Sheffield United, that's taken the ball by the horns and tried to establish themselves at the top. Norwich are second and they've been been good, but not but 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 not not really exceptional. And then you've got Reading in third, right? So no doubt, Reading have been been good this season, and I'm not taking anything away from Paul Lynch, but you certainly wouldn't have expected them to be to be third at the start of the season. So, I don't think it's a stronger league. I think it's just a league that's more open, and there's a lot of good a lot of good but inconsistent teams, and and we are definitely one of them. We, we, we are a good side, but we've just been really inconsistent. So, I think if we can put together a run like we did, sort of post that little COVID enforced break last season, then no doubt I think we we, we could do do as good or if not better than the last season. We just need to develop develop that bit of consistency in, in the way we play. But then I think, as Billy said, like that it takes a run to to get up there. And I think there's a few teams that, well, a fair few teams that probably could go on a run and keep the run going. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of squads will be bigger than ours. Um as we we were talking about the the centre back position, a few injuries and we're we're stuffed. Um, yeah, I, I, don't um, know. I, think, I think our squad's really really deep. I mean, obviously, I think defence maybe because ultimately, if we were to lose a centre half, then maybe you, you sort of start to get close to the wire. But I mean, up front you've got Eli Cornick, Morris, Woodrow, Jerome. You've got Freeman, Clark, Woodrick, and playing the ten. You've got yeah, Kelly, I meant, Andrew, I meant Campbell, like. Yeah, I think defensively, yeah, I think maybe. But then even at sort of your wing backs, you've got Bree and Fred can play can play on one side, and no doubt you could probably play someone else. Should really, really like things really start to get tight on on the left, you've got Doughty, Bell, and then you can play Fred on the left as well. So I think wing backs are fine. I think you've got, I mean, you've got Burke, Lockyer, Bradley, Potts, Bell, Osho, who can all play at centre half. So I think. Our squad is probably one of the deepest. I'm not saying one of the best because I think that there are certainly teams out there that have got better players on paper than us. But I think in terms of squad depth, we're probably, for me, one of the deepest squads in the league. I mean, fair enough. I just, I just think there's going to be a higher threshold to get into the playoffs, and I, hmm. as as confident as I am, I also worry about our ability to get, you know, to match the points from last season as well. And just because I'm I'm a little bit more worried about the defensive side. But yeah, it's uh you know, we're ten games in. Anything can happen. And remember, Stephen, no one is ever gonna be more optimistic as Mr. Jamie Castle. We've got to remember that. <laughs> we have to remember that. But I don't know about you fellas, but yesterday, Monday afternoon, uh, my international break got a lot better. You don't tend to talk about uh, the the Hertfordshire club a lot, but significant news emerged. Rob Edwards, who they brought in to signal a a change of direction. Um, They were 
confident that they won't go into continue their cycle of, of bringing managers in and then dismissing them within two months. But that's exactly what happened. Rob Edwards was dismissed and Slaven Bilic was tasked with taking the role. And it's just very, very Watford, isn't it? It's just hilarious, to be honest. I mean, why you would point someone who appoint someone who clearly is a project manager that you need to give a, a good amount of time to and then just a second after two months when they've not even been that bad they've been what what are they the ninth or tenth I mean I, pre- I appreciate that their targets are at least top six probably even top two or even to win the league but come on really to then a point obviously I'm not I'm not doubting Stephen Bullish as a manager I think I think he is a good manager but in isolation to go from a project manager where you, I mean, I think there was a quote when when they pointed out Edwards in terms of giving him time, we're going to fully back him, and I thought they had an awful window. I mean, obviously they, they, they kept two of their three superstars, but other than that, bit a bit meh. So it's not really back him in the window to then sack him after 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 two months, to then go to Slavin Bilic, who I think is a good manager, and and to be fair, I think they probably will will get top six on the, on the back of it. But it's just, I just feel sorry, sorry, sorry for. Bob Edwards, because he was probably sold a pipe dream by Pozzo during the summer. Yeah, we'll back you. Yeah, honestly, we'll put all our faith into you to then to lose your job after two months. I hope, I hope he, I, I hope he lands on his feet at, at Cardiff or Rotherham and 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 beats him this year. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I think the quote used by um, Gino Pozzo at the start of the season is that he will be backed through hell and high water, which yeah. is. Um, if sitting 10th in the championship is hell and, you know, 14 points is high water, then, um, yeah, I've got news for you, Watford FC. Yeah. Yeah. He, didn't, I, 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 he, didn't, he didn't show the team was playing in their clear playing style in the, in the Watford way, whatever that is. Yeah, it's one that I've actually got a little bit of sympathy for Watford fans as well. Yeah. I, I generally... no. no. I know you wouldn't, Stephen. No, I mean, no, no, I, 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 I do get what you mean because you sort of, if any fan in this league, like like any fan of football, you just want the club to be run well, well, and they just haven't been for probably a decade now. And I guess it's sort of a bit tough to sort of feel like sympathetic towards them, given where we've been the last decade and where they've been the last decade. Like the last ten years, they've they've obviously been miles ahead of us, but. Yeah, I mean, it's like that make us not one run at all, and yeah, obviously we've mentioned about about our, about our ownership and and that sort of loads. So there's sort of no need to go into it, but yeah, it's the fact that we're stable is is all we can ask for. We'll move on from Watford and we'll talk whole city away. We get back in action on Friday evening, kicking things off after the international break. Of course, we travel to the MKM Stadium, a place where we scored some some very brilliant goals over the last couple of years. Luar Luar's brilliant strike to, you know, that, that had a massive hand in keeping us up in the 2019-20 season. James Bree's free kick last time out. It's been a place where we picked up a few points in, in recent seasons. And to you boys, can that continue on Friday evening? It should do. Um, I'm not going to say we should win, but... Um... I think we've got to, to you know, take the momentum that we had going into, even though it was the win from Blackburn, we've got to take the momentum and uh, hit the ground running because if we don't, we'll get left behind. Um, so 
when I say we should, it's more of a we really should be, you know, really getting, really fucking trying to get a result rather than, you know, sitting back and, and not making the most of the two weeks off. Um, yeah, but I think a lot of people tipped Hull to be like dark horses this season, and I think it could be a, you know, a tough game, but um, I I hope, well, we all hope. Um, I'd say I expect us to, to come away with at least a point, if not three. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's a big game for both sides. It's, it's D-Day for, for other lads, really. I think if he was to, to lose to us, then he's, he probably is as close to Lissac as, as he'll get. So, I mean, I think I think for us, we've just got to come out strong, start strong and see what happens. There's going to be a few a few itchy feet in in the stadium from a whole perspective. Um, so And, and that, that normally suits us. I'm just looking at their record at the moment. Of course, started the season quite brightly. I think after four games, they were top for a brief spell. So obviously, things started uh, rather brightly. Hasn't really followed that pattern. They've now lost their last four games, conceding lots of goals. I think they've scored... Uh, they've conceded, sorry, five more than any other team in the championship, shipping goals for fun. We could really have had this game. It would have been very, very beneficial to us if we had this game before the international break. Um, it would be interesting to see how uh, two weeks has impacted us, impacted them. Of course, Schotter fighting for his job. It's um, It's got all the makings to be an excellent clash and Friday night football. I don't know about you two, but I just love Friday night football. It's, I prefer it at Kenilworth Road, but if I have to settle for a Friday night game, it'll be. I'll take it, even though it means you don't play on the Saturday, and the Saturday's a bit weird. But we'll I mean, and, I mean, I'd normally tend to agree, but I don't, I don't want to spend my Friday night in Hull. To be honest, there's not many better places than Hull. I'm not going <laughs> to show you that. I mean, even Saturday for a foot was bad enough last season. So, yeah, I'm going to pass on Hull this year, thank you very much. I'm just looking at Hull again. They, As you both mentioned there, they added to the squad quite significantly. They brought a fair few numbers in, brought quality on paper. Um, not in the first defender, Figueredo. John Michael Seri, one that, uh, Jamie, I know you're a big, big fan of when he was at, at Fulham. Um, Ozan fan as well, he's been a bit hit and miss, but a player that, that could do very, very well in the championship. Obviously, Oscar Estupinian, I don't know how to say his name, but I'm going to try it. Estupinian. Estupinian, yeah, there we go. That is not too bad of a, of a test there, but he scored a lot of goals already. He seems to be a real threat. So, you know, it's not going to be plain sailing at all, especially when you factor in that, that Shutter of a lad say is fighting for his job but it should make for a good spectacle I, I think it shows a lot how Estupinian I think is still top goal scorer in the league and he's not scored for like four games so it shows it showed sort of how, how quickly they started tailed off massively what they've, they've, I think they've conceded 11 goals in the last four scored one so I mean the confidence is, is through the floor which yeah I mean you can't really take a lot from it from, from a lean perspective but yeah I, I think just, just need to need to start strong, surely. And then looking at this game a little bit further, um, looking at the possession stats, actually, um, we've noticed and we've spoken about this trend before that we tend to do very well when we see about 40% of the ball 
um, this season. We're 18th in terms of the possession stats. I think they're averaging about 42.6%. Hull were even further below that. They're, they're 22nd in the division when it comes to when it comes to possession. So when we get the ball, is it going to be a case of just giving it back to them and, and trying to break <laughs> out from there? Is that how we is that how we approach this? I mean, yeah, it's sort of a weird one because I was just just having a flick through the last few games whilst you were whilst you were talking, and it seems like they've actually had more of the ball in the last four games where they've been been shy. I mean, I was looking at obviously other than Swansea, right? Because Swansea are keyboard FC. You've got Stoke at home; they had what sixty five percent of the ball and lost three 0 You've got Sheffield United at home had fifty four percent, lost two 0 QPR away. It was about 50-50 and lost 3-1. And then in, in, in the game where they beat Cov 3-2, they only had 38% of the ball. So, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be... A, the, the ball's probably going to be a bit of a hot potato on Friday where each team wants the other to have it. Um, but no, I think if there's one team that probably can can, can do both, it's probably us. Um, and as much as, obviously, we, we are probably at, at our best without the ball, um, I think we are trying to develop slowly into a team that that can be as good with the ball. Um, so it, it'll be a good test for sort of Nathan in terms of trying to implement the way that he wants he wants to go long term, no doubt. And then going through a couple of player conundrums going into this game, um, I guess we have to start with the front line. Colton Morris, you know, undroppable form at the moment. We, we have to expect that he will be playing. The majority of football games this season, unless you know squad rotation comes into fruition. But who partners him at the moment? Corley Woodrow, in my opinion, done very very well against Blackburn. It was his best showing by far. Um, yeah. There's this notion that that Jones wants him in that sort of number ten role. So there's I guess conundrum in itself. But then you think of trying to get Adebayo back to to not full fitness, but into the kind of rhythm we know he can get into. Um, you've also got Jerome, Harry Cornick to think about if both are fit. Just looking at that forward line, where 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 do you two go? I say when you first. Yeah, I say Morris and uh, Woodrow. Um, I think it'd be good to try and utilise their partnership um, and get Woodrow, you know, match fit because, as you kind of alluded to there, Adebayo is pretty much match fit it's just he's not in the rhythm of it but I think it would be more important to get a partnership with Woodrow and Morris to get Woodrow firing when you know we we know that Adebayo will come back like there's no doubt about it it's just a maybe he needs just a a a few more games out of the starting 11 just to get himself back to you know back on his feet really and because he's not looked the same since the injury and you know people constantly say like oh he's upset that he didn't get his move but like he's a professional footballer he's not gonna play bad because he didn't get a move away which you know was that's that's just he was never there's no way he was upset about not about not about not not getting moved that is just absolute hatter's talk bollocks yeah like i mean yeah i mean before it's worth i agree with you i I, I would i would go with rogue i would would stay unchanged from from blackburn there's no there's no reason to change the forward line I was impressed with with um, Cordia on, on on that game, um, and yeah, I think I think that, like I think there's a, a quote in in the press on on Luton News in terms of 
the reason why Nathan put Crawley in that 10 row is because you want as many good players in the pitch as possible, right? And I think whilst Eli's far from his best, then you want you want Crawley in the best position that you can that you can play that that you, that you can play him in. Um, I think if you look back at what what started Carter Morris off, it was coming off the bench at, at, at Swansea. So I think maybe sort of play Eli in that same role for now, just play him off the bench against more tired defenders and just see if he can get a goal in in, in the final half hour of games. Um, and no doubt, if he was to come off the bench and get one, then he will start scoring as freely as, as Carlton does. So, no, I, I completely agree with Stephen. I'd go, I'd go Corley and, and Carlton. I think, like I want to say as well, it kind of almost feels like when we had the dilemma of of um, Hilton v um, James Collins, it it's a brilliant position to be in because they're both brilliant. We're gonna get the best out of them both at some point. It's just you know sometimes one won't be performing, one will be, and I think you know it's it's nice to have that sort of dilemma again. Hundred percent, yeah. It's a positive dilemma that Jones has on his hands. Maybe not as positive is the defensive situation. Not saying it's negative at all, but he's just not as blessed with as many options. I guess looking at the back five, Bree, Burke are probably your certainties. Lockyer has been very, very impressive. Um, Dan Potts has, has been good. There's this growing feeling at some point that Amari Bell might come into left-sided centre-back role. Um, Alfie Dowerty might go into left-wing back to, to help force that. But also, Bell is very, very comfortable at left-wing back. He, for me, it was one of his best games of the season against Blackburn as well. So it's just, Jones will be in no rush to sort of enforce that change. Looking at a solid back five, we know that it's, sorry, not solid back five, but a back five. We know pretty much that it's going to be that from now on. What kind of what kind of decisions do you think Jones says on his hands in terms of that? Do you expect him to go similar to, to the team that started against Blackburn? Or can you see this this international break perhaps as an opportunity for him to, to test out new things? I think the biggest biggest decision at the minute at defence is is at, at what point do you play Doughty? Um, I think it seems like he's he's back to a relative level of fitness now, where he can probably be in in, in the eighteen. So it's yeah. At what point do you do you take, get him off the leash and, and start him? Um, and I think from there it all, it all really falls through because then if if you do start doubting, then you probably play Bear at left centre half, um, and then you go from there. I mean, I think Burke's probably our best centre half at the club. So I think he's he was an absolute shoe in in terms of that right sided. Um, looking at the heat maps that that Luton Analytics put out the other day, I mean, just the way the way it looks in terms of his overlapping runs for three, I think the way that works is is fantastic. And I mean, the, the, the goal that he scored against Blackburn was just yeah out, out of this world. So I think Burke is is an absolute shoe in in terms of that back three. Um, and then. If you've got Burke and Barrett in in the three, then do you go for a more of an experienced head and Bradley because you've got Bell who probably isn't isn't fully comfortable with that role yet. So do you go Bradley sort of a captain, or do you think you know what we want we want pace and power and you, and you go for Gabe Osho? I think obviously long term Gabe Osho is is the one. He's no doubt he's the one that 
takes over the mantle long term, but it's it's whether you want a bit more balance with, with Bradley there at the minute. I think again, Lockyer is an option for sure. I think he's great, um, but I prefer him on the right rather, rather than the middle. Um, so I think with Burke, Burke being a shoe in, I think it, it's tough for Locks. And we'll just tie into that our first poll that we put out um, earlier. We pretty much is what Jamie, uh, Jamie there has been answering. Should Alfie Doughty come into the team for the whole? 42% were at yes, 58% at no. And I think arguments for and against similar to, to what Jamie's just alluded to there. It's when you do decide to bring him in. It, I don't think it's a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, and when Bell has been so comfortable as he was against Blackburn, both in a defensive kind of mind and attacking sense. Um, it still works at the moment. So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Wouldn't surprise me if it goes either way. And I think that can be that can be displayed by the poll. We'll go on to the second poll, which is Morris for the Golden Boot. Do you think there's a genuine opportunity of, of Colton Morris challenging for the Golden Boot? We had 83% at yes and 17% at no. I guess, first of all, you what you have to say here is, is why not after the, the start he's had? Yeah, why not? Yeah. And if he, if he carries on like that, then, um, I, you know, you'd expect him to be up there. And it'd be nice to see a Luton striker sort of getting that sort of numbers again, because um, we've not seen it in a few years. And bio, good numbers, but to be challenging for the golden boot, that'll propel us to promotion contention easy. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I think he's what joint second in the scoring. You've got Sergeant, who's who's sort of joint second alongside him. So he's got he's got the head start in terms of against the other strikers in the league, the likes of sort of your boosters and your Burton Diazes and so on. So he's got the head he's got the head start in the league. Um, so yeah, why not? I mean, he he scored he scored obviously six in ten, but it's more like six in six. So um, yeah, absolutely no reason why he can't. And I guess the good point here as well is there's there is evidently no Mitrovic's this season. There are no players that are going to go anywhere near what Mitrovic done last season. You would think not only was Mitrovic out of this world at Championship level, he also had unbelievable service around him. Don't think his his forty three goals will will be touched for a very very long time. I think that opens it up massively for a player like Colton Morris and and whoever else might be up there. Can't see it being too many more than maybe the 24, 25 mark. Um, but of course, um, I could be proved very, proving very wrong as the season progresses. The one thing that, that makes you think, can he, can he keep this up? Is it sustainable? Is the fact that he barely ventured over six goals in a season. Um, of course, he hasn't played too many full seasons. And, you know, the service he'll be getting at Luton consistently um, is likely to be considerably better than you know when he was at Shrewsbury or, or other spells he's had. So yeah, it's an interesting debate. Luton fan base are obviously behind him, um, as Stephen says. It'll be good to see a Luton player compete for that again. Last time a Luton player won the Golden Boot, we were promoted. So hopefully, it's a good omen. And um, yeah, let's hope it. it hope, well, let's hope it happens, and let's hope it also helps us into the Premier League. That is me getting ahead of myself, though. So we'll go back <laughs> to the third poll, which, of course, we had to bring it back to Watford. Will Slaven Bilic be sacked before Christmas? I 
first of all, I was going to put how many how many Watford managers until Christmas. But of course, on a poll, you've only got four answers. So I was restricted in that sense. But I changed it to will he be sat before Christmas? And we had 68% with the right answer of yes and 32% with no. Um, I guess there's not too much analysis or too much conversation that we could add to that. Um, yeah, it would just be interesting to see how much time Bilic is afforded. I mean, no, one believe quite... no one believed me when I said that Ed was be sacked before the World Cup. <laughs> I was firmly yeah. on that. No one believed me. No, I, I, I just think it's, it's strange, right? Because obviously you, you saw the statement in the summer and you think maybe, just maybe. Uh, like, uh, yeah, uh, maybe they might just change their, their, their ways of working, but quite clearly not. And to, to be honest, Bill, I'm, I'm surprised you put Christmas. I, I would have put um, October 24th. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe it might be. That might be Slavin Bilic's final now in, in his small coffin, if it's um, <laughs> if he's en- under any pressure at, at that stage. Be interested to see. I'll go back up to Hull, though, because I have forgotten one thing. I've forgotten the score prediction. So, Stephen Day, I'll come to you first. Oh, 2-1 Luton. I like it. Jamie? I'm going to go for a lovely five night in Hull. Luton 2-0. I'll, um, I'll continue this optimism. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, yeah, I know. I don't know what's in my water tonight, but well, it's got you, me optimistic. flat new water. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go for 1-0. I can see it happening. I'm excited for this one. And um, if we can return a performance like we did against Blackburn, I'm sure we will be fine. But that is all for today. Thank you both for coming on and joining. And big thanks to everybody continuing to listen. Please check us out on our socials. Of course, we are at Oak Road Hatter on Twitter. We are Oak Road Hatter Pod on Instagram. And we are Oak Road Hatter on Facebook. And also, we are www.oakroadhatter.com for our website. But until next week, it is goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.